Welcome to the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Perda. I'm a life and marriage coach for moms, wife, mom of three, and I'm also an Aries, and for my fellow human design nerds, a sacral manifesting generator. This podcast is for women who want to be happier in their marriage as they navigate their journey through motherhood, even if you're like me and you weren't shown how while growing up. Inside, we're going to be talking about breaking generational cycles when it comes to how to handle conflict in healthy ways, redefining motherhood your way, and prioritizing your well-being because here, we believe that women don't have to sacrifice their happiness to be a great mom. And a quick note to mamas listening with kids around, you may want to pop your earbuds in because nothing is left unsaid on this show, which means there may be times where something I say isn't meant for little ears. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. Today, we're going to be tackling another aspect of conflict, and that's the two different ways that people deal with conflict. First of all, I'm just going to be real with you. This week has been rough for me. I have been feeling so overstimulated, and I feel like motherhood in general is like overstimulating, but, it, but like I'm like close to my my max. (laughs) It's been bad. Uh, All of last week, my daughter was home when typically she's actually at daycare from like eight to five. And I've got my two boys who are in school, so they're not home the entire day. So I typically have time to myself to do work, right? To do client work, to do the things that are involved with running my own business. And I have not had time to myself, like very, very sparingly. And so all of last week was me with my daughter. And while I have appreciated having more time with her, it has been really hard for me because I have not been able to follow my usual routine like I have normally. And then we went on a family trip. Uh, We took a road trip, and so that was like, okay, even more time, not to myself, enjoyed my family time, but it would just like kind of like added on to it, right? And then this week, she's home again because daycare is still not open because of COVID. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I... I need time to myself. Thankfully, my husband like kind of just noticed that I've been a stress case and was like, you know what? I'm going to take care of one of the pickups today. You just like hang out. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Thank goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It is exactly what I needed. And I'm so grateful that my daughter still naps because even if it's just a little bit of a break, I welcome it. And it's actually what's allowing me to come here and join you all and and share in what I'm hoping will help you shift your conflict to be something that isn't so dreadful, isn't so detrimental to your marriage, right? Like conflict is meant to help your marriage. Right? I know that sounds funny, especially if you've grown up thinking, believing that conflict is something that is like a red flag in your relationship, okay? But when it comes to conflict, like there's no way around it. All married couples experience it. 
all romantic relationships experience it. Even couples who seem like they get along 100% of the time experience some kind of conflict, whether it's parenting styles, money, household responsibilities, in-laws, your friends, you name it, okay? There are a million things that can create conflict in your relationship. And conflict itself is not the enemy in your relationship, but it's often seen as like the bad guy, right? It's like the end-all, be-all that couples experience. If, if you're like fighting a lot, then it's like a bad sign, right? But conflict does not have to mean the end of your relationship. It doesn't have to mean that it's, it's rocky or that it has to stay that way forever just because it's been like that for a long time. If you are not enjoying your marriage being like a roller coaster, right? The, the low lows, things feeling dramatic and, and heightened all of the time then this is definitely for you, and I'm glad that you are tuning in, okay? So the reason why we experience conflict usually comes down to one of three reasons, right? A difference in opinion, unmet needs, disappointment maybe. And as you can tell the different reasons why conflict comes up, it's unavoidable. Those things are unavoidable because we're human right? We're not robots. We are human. We're going to disagree. We're going to have needs that aren't fulfilled. We're going to feel disappointed. And whenever things don't go the way I want them to in my life, the cycle usually goes, I throw myself a little pity party. I feel my feelings and then I get down to business to get curious about what I have control over. Now, did I do things like this the whole time? No, I did not. I had to very much learn the hard way about what worked for me and what worked inside of relationships. So when I say that I got curious about what I have control over, this means that there's no sense there is no benefit to focusing on what we don't have control over, right? So taking a look at what are your controllables and what are your non-controllables? Because let's be real here. We don't have control over whether we experience conflict or not, okay? Unless you're going to go isolate yourself, become a monk, live in the mountains, whatever, right? Like even then, you're probably going to experience some kind of like inner turmoil. So that's a different kind of conflict. It's not involving someone else, but you're still going to experience some level of conflict. But when you put two people together who have such a large impact on how you each feel and how you live your life and experience life, of course there's going to be conflict, right? So how you handle conflict impacts your entire relationship. And that's the thing that you do have control over. It's how you handle it. Okay, so you don't have control over whether it's going to happen or not. But you do have control over how you respond to conflict, how you handle it, how you address it, how you approach it, 
how you behave during conflict. Those are all things that you have control over. And there are two ways that people handle conflict. Go ahead, take a guess. See if you can guess what they are, right? What are the two different ways that you think people handle conflict? The two different ways are you either react or you respond. So you're either reacting or you're responding. Those are the two different ways that people handle conflict. And based on your upbringing and what you saw growing up, you have a tendency to do one of those. So let's discuss what each of these mean. So in the context of conflict, reacting means to respond with hostility or opposition. You have a reactive style if you take things personally, get defensive, blame or criticize, raise your voice to be heard, finding it difficult to listen to your husband and exercise compassion towards him. Maybe you interrupt him if he says something that doesn't go along with what you're thinking or saying. And you allow your emotions to dictate your behavior. Okay, so reactive is very much like a snap judgment kind of thing. It's not very much intention or thought behind it. It's just, I feel out of control and I'm going to do this. This is what I feel like I need to do, right? Like it's, it's a big feeling of like urgency, right? Like I feel I need to interject. I feel like I need to say this. I feel like I have to do this, okay? And the impact of having a reactive style is low trust because the walls go up, difficult to be a team, conflict tends to be more dramatic, conflict feels like it's going nowhere. Maybe you're talking in circles, like one or both of you are talking in circles, or maybe it even seems like you're having two different conversations, but you're not able to sync up. Neither of you feels heard. It might take longer to work through and resolve issues. Emotional intimacy is lacking. Certain topics are avoided. Resentment grows in the relationship. Connection is negatively impacted, and one or both of you might start to look outside of the relationship to get your needs met, whether it's through friends or potential interests, right? Or you just check out of the relationship and accept it for what it is, and you both feel unhappy in it, but you stay because of the kids, okay? That's the impact of having a reactive style. The other style is responsive. You have a responsive style if you can articulate how you feel. You are able to express what you need clearly. You're actively listening to your husband. You show genuine interest in understanding his perspective. You're able to advocate for yourself and hold space for your husband's experience. You're able to disagree and stay respectful and compassionate towards each other. You stay relatively calm throughout the conversation. You two can resolve issues as a team. And you take responsibility for your part of the situation. The impact of having a responsive style is that conflict helps to enhance and grow the relationship to deeper levels of trust, connection, and intimacy. You two feel safe to be vulnerable with each other. 
you two feel like a strong team who has each other's backs. You both feel very supported and loved. You can joke around more with each other, flirt with each other. Your issues are addressed early and resolved before they turn into bigger problems. And you teach your kids by example of how to handle conflict in a healthy way because you're actively practicing this way of handling conflict in front of them and behind closed doors. Now, you might take a look at these two and you're like, oh, I am finding that I am reactive and I don't like anything that you just said. Maybe you're even feeling a little bit of guilt or shame or embarrassment. And I just want to tell you, like, I see you. Like, I was you. And on my worst days, I am you. Okay? Now, this is not meant to make you feel bad about yourself at all. This is meant to help you understand that this is common and you can do something about it, right? Because when we bring awareness to ourselves about what we want to change, we can take steps forward to actually going about to do the work to change it, okay? We're not going to be like ostriches where we just like put our heads in the sand and act like everything's all good when you know deep down it's not good and that you are contributing towards how your relationship feels right now in a negative way, okay? Now, the only difference between those who can respond versus react is that those who can respond have the tools and know how to handle conflict differently. That's it, okay? That's it. At the end of the day, like, we're all starting off in different places. Some people grew up with parents who chose to respond to conflict in a healthy way. And so naturally, they're going to be better equipped because they saw it day in, day out. They were able to learn from that experience of growing up in a household that handled conflict like that. And they were, they just like, that's just how they came to be. Like that was their style, right? We adopt the style that we grew up with because that's what becomes our normal, right? Just like I shared earlier, my normal was very different, right? Like both my parents were or are reactive. And so that became my style. That was my normal. So I didn't learn until I was in romantic relationships that that wasn't normal right? It, it was normal in the sense that it was common, but it wasn't normal in the sense that this is how healthy relationships function, okay? So if you are similar to my background in that you did not learn how to respond in conflict versus react growing up, then like, it's okay. Awareness is the first step, right? Um, it's just a matter of learning those tools, having those tools at your disposal, at the ready, knowing how you're going to handle stuff instead of like, oh, there's a conflict. Okay. I'm just going to do what I feel like. I'm going to let my emotions dictate what I do, right? Like I feel like being reactive does so much damage to our relationships, to our own, like to our own perspective of ourselves as well. 
it really does a number on our self-esteem. Now, when you are able to learn these tools and you allow yourself to be able to be there for yourself during the conflict, like that in itself is huge, right? And you're able to be there for your husband and not let your emotions decide how you're going to handle things, but rather let your emotions teach you about yourself and and guide you, but not be the driver of the situation, right? Like you always want to be the driver. You want to have your full intention on how you want the conflict to be navigated, not your emotions, okay? Your emotions provide feedback. They are not there to actually do the driving, okay? And when you learn how to play with the chaos of your emotions and learn from them rather than dismiss and bury them, like I think that's what I used to do is like, I used to be like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden I blow up. It's like, where did that come from? I went from zero to 60. And all of a sudden I just lose complete control over how I'm acting. I'm doing all kinds of things I would never do if I were calm, right? And I cause damage, right? I create defensiveness. And when people are reactive, the other person, if they don't have the tools to be responsive, they're also going to react. So then it, it turns into this big mess that takes longer to sort through. It feels more intense and it's just an ugly situation to, to put ourselves in. Okay. But when you've got the tools to communicate in a healthier way and you're able to choose to experience the calm, right? To have the tools to be able to shift the chaos into calm conversations and get off the roller coaster, then you're able to actually navigate through the conflict in a more productive way, right? At the end of the day, conflict is very revealing to your relationship. If you're not having conflict, that's an issue. And if you're having conflict and it's very reactive, that's also an issue. But having conflict in general is a healthy thing because that means there is honesty in the relationship. When both of you are just worried about what each other thinks and you're hiding things, protecting each other from how you feel and what you need, that is not a relationship that is going to meet its full potential of satisfaction, fulfillment, joy, connection. Okay, so conflict is not the enemy. And I'm going to keep repeating this until like, I have no more voice, okay? Conflict is not the enemy. It is how it's being handled. Now, if you're in that reactive space, then it's time to get real with yourself and do the work. Because when we meet our partner with reactiveness, they're going to do the same because they feel like they need to defend themselves. If you have a wall up, their wall is going to go up. But if you go into the conversation with a more responsive style, you're lowering your walls and so will they. Over time, with practice, consistency, that trust can be rebuilt. That vulnerability can be deepened. Your conversations can be more open and you two can resolve things in a much faster, painlessly, like, 
just everything is positive about adopting a more responsive style. And again, the only difference between the two is the lack of tools, okay? So that's exactly why I created Marriage Communication Essentials, which is my my little course. Um, I call it little because it's like fast to go through, right? Inside that course, I give you the basics that you all need to be able to go from reactive to responsive. I walk you through what to focus on, what to reflect on, so that you can feel equipped to handle any conflict in a healthier way, rather than going back to your old ways, which may have likely been adding gasoline to the fire, right? Like making it into like a huge bonfire, which is great to hang out with, but not so great to experience when it comes to conflict in your marriage, which is unavoidable, right? So when you go through the course, you get like the whole framework on how to have healthy communication. You've got a script to follow. You've got how to support yourself. You've got ways to set up healthy boundaries if things get out of hand, okay? You learn how to pivot and catch it early so that even though your conversation starts to get derailed, you could bring it back onto course. Instead of having it be like a snowball effect, it's like, ah, too late. It's just going to keep getting worse and worse. No, we can call time out at any point and you can redirect the conversation so that it can be productive again. All right. So if you are experiencing a lot of reactive tendencies within yourself, it might be time for you to explore that course. So work through it, grow, and just watch how much easier you get to experience your relationship, how much more fun you get to have. Like, can you imagine how much time you can save and redirect into some more positive experiences if conflict wasn't so challenging to deal with, right? Like, it's just mind-blowing. Anyway, that's it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Please go check out marriage communication essentials, or even working one-on-one with me if that's something that you want to explore. I am rooting for you to have a positive, fulfilling experience in your marriage because you deserve it. That is exactly why you got into it. You were hoping for the best and you deserve that best. So check out the link in the show notes for the course or for coaching, and I'll catch you back here next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Marriage and Motherhood Podcast. I hope that this episode helped you deepen your relationship with your husband and more importantly, with yourself. If you know someone that this episode would help, please share it. All right. See you back here next week. Bye.